everyone, and welcome back to the uh, podcast. Uh, what are we doing here today, guys? I think we're talking about Star Wars. Uh, oh, shoot, did I watch the wrong thing this morning? Crap. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, it turns out we're actually supposed to be uh, watching Star Trek, the original series. Uh, I am Brandon. That was Dan, who messed everything up. And we got Paul here. Yo, yo. Have, what is up? Another episode? Let's do it. And today we are hitting Season 1, Episode 11, The Menagerie, Part 1. There's a lot of ones in that. Uh, the original air date was November 17th, 1966. And, uh, okay, just a quick game for this one. Do you guys want to guess uh, what shot we get at the beginning of this episode? Uh, the ship, as always. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking more of Kirk's butt. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's uh, no, Paul. Paul was right. It's uh, the Enterprise is over. If if they started uh, an episode with a shot of Kirk's ass, like I don't know if I would be <laughs> off put or more intrigued. Like, where is this going? Like, what what does this lead to? We're going to the pleasure planet. <laughs> We're going back. I've to been asking for that arc for a while. Yeah, I want to hold just like an uh, entire season, not even a season. Like, I want that to be its own show. Just yeah, like the the mishaps on the pleasure planet, that's hilarious. Oh, th- that would be interesting. The mishaps, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so they're they're orbiting a planet, and uh, we're actually on the planet now. And there's a bunch of people wearing Starfleet uniforms that are just kind of in like this outside uh, like quad area. And Kirk and Spock and McCoy, the the big three, beam down to the surface of this planet. And they're greeted by a woman who welcomes them to Starbase Eleven. More ones. Uh, the the graphics seem to have gotten better by this episode because if you look in the background, there's a Saturn-like planet. Yeah, it's really cool, and it looks really awesome with the purple uh, sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or atmosphere. Yeah, I wonder if like uh, like obviously that'd be really cool to see every day, but after a while, it just becomes like the moon, and it's like whatever, it's just like ring planet. But like. Just if you're just visiting there, I bet that looks amazing for sure. Uh, so yeah, they're greeted by a woman who welcomes them to Starbase Eleven, and she says that the Commodore is waiting to see them. And Kirk is curious to know why, or no, the Kirk's not curious. The Commodore is curious to know why they suddenly changed course and went to the Starbase. Kirk says that they received a message asking them to divert there immediately, and the woman says, "Like, hey, we didn't send no message." Uh, so right away, like we're we're getting some stuff I wanted. Like I wanted to see a, a glimpse of like the Federation or like Star Starfleet as a whole. So we get to see a little bit more of that, which uh, I was pretty excited for. I, I'm not sure. I I noticed one thing about uh, the lady. It seems like she has a a sun pin on her clothes and not a, one of the regular Starfleet uh, emblems. Yeah, you I'm glad that? you mentioned that because I have a note where later I noticed uh, that. It was something with, uh, you know, the big three that they had different um, emblems within their Starfleet thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like she had. Yeah. She had like a completely different thing. That's why in the very beginning of this episode, I was like, are they Starfleet? Like because the uniforms are similar, but the insignia is different. Yeah. And then I looked at Kirk's and he's got kind of you know, the classic one with like the ship in the middle. And then you look at uh, Spock and McCoy's and they have like a circle inside of theirs with like a line through it or something. See, I didn't even they must, notice like, just that. to note the different Maybe sectors just, or something. Yeah. Different Sectors on the ship, maybe. So they follow the woman to meet the Commodore, and he he doesn't understand what's going on. And Kirk tells him that Spock received a message from Captain Pike uh, from the pilot, which hadn't aired yet at this time. So this would be the first time people are are hearing about Captain Pike. Uh, The message urgently requested them to divert to the base. 
So Commodore Jose, which is his first name, his, his name is uh, Jose Mendez, but they just call him Jose the whole time. So I'm just going to call him Jose. Uh, but Commodore Jose tells Kirk that it's impossible that Pike sent the message, and, and Kirk doesn't understand why. Uh, so Jose leads Kirk and the crew to an intensive care unit of their medical bay, and uh, he asks Kirk as he, if he's ever met Pike, and and Kirk's like, yeah, I, I met him when he, you know, we transferred command of the Enterprise. And he mentions that Spock had served under him for several years, and Spock is immediately like, it was 11 years, 4 months, and 5 days. <laughs> like, like, all right, dude, like, you like Pike much? Like, Jesus. Kinda no make, no kidding. Like, kind of make Kirk feel like, wow, okay. <laughs> what, do uh, you got a crush on him? Yeah. He's like, how, how long have you been with me, Spock? And he's like, I don't know, like, a yeah. couple of years. He's like, what, do you think about Pike every day while you're serving <laughs> yeah, under me? Yeah, yeah, you like him so much, why don't you marry him? <laughs> it's like, that would be logical, actually. And then they just go get married and have a great <laughs> life together. Uh, but Jose explains that Pike was explo- exposed to Delta Rays while saving some kids from a Class J starship that experienced a ruptured baffle plate. Of course he's saving kids, because like, he's a hero. Uh, and we we heard about a baffle plate once before. I don't remember which episode it was. Oh, it was uh, Charlie. No, not not with Charlie. It was uh, with Gary Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was messing with that stuff, we kept they kept uh, that technical jargon we were complaining about. Yeah. It. Now yep. to bring now to bringing it back. So so we get a little bit of a callback at least. They were like, "What's what's that thing we used? Uh, blah, 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 baffle plate." You say that one again. Um. So they enter the room and Pike is in like this really big black like machine uh, that and it turns to face them as they enter the room, and his skin's like real messed up, like real badly damaged. And the right side of his face has like this big purple and red looking like mark. At this point, I thought he had like space herpes from, you know, pleasuring pleasure all those women. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dang, that's a pretty bad case. <laughs> oh, get it actually out. almost looks like the, the stuff from the Miri episode. But I mean, like we know that's not it, but similar uh, makeup technique. But uh, I know, I know he, like we just talked about this before we started recording, but yeah, I, I know this machine from like just various pop culture stuff, and I didn't know that it came from Star Trek. So it's it's fun to to like see how many references actually come back to this show or like this this series. But the Commodore asks Pike if he remembers Kirk and his crew, and the machine beeps twice, which indicates a no. So Jose tells Pike that he thought you know maybe he'd make an exception for them, but he just beeps no again. And so Kirk is like, "Hey, if there's anything that you know you need, Pike, just." Let me know. And Pike just beeps twice again. So he's like, nah, I'm set, homie. Thanks. I'm cool. Yeah, we all good here. So they turn to leave and Spock uh, asks Pike if he can stay for a moment. And so the machine beeps once, which indicates a yes. And so everybody but uh, Spock leaves. So Spock just starts talking to Pike and uh, he's like, hey, you know why I'm here. And it's only six days away at maximum warp. You know, it's in quotations because it's the big secret. And that... Spock says that he has everything well planned. And so Pike just beeps twice. He's like, no. Spock sits down and he's talking about how he's never disobeyed Pike's orders before, but this time he has to. And Pike is still beeping no at this point. And Spock says that he's like, I know it's treachery and it's mutiny, uh, but I have to do this. And we just like fade out as Pike is still beeping no. That's all he can say. He's just like, no, 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 no. But like he just he can't tell like which party he's objecting to. He's like the mutiny's fine, but you know whatever else you're planning, you know that, that's a no. <laughs> like don't do the it. The one thing yeah. I got to say about that whole scene is um, I it always happens like other thing reference real quick like when um when uh Groot says I am Groot and then the other person keeps talking and then so you know what that I am Groot mean 
meant. Yeah. Or whatever. Like it's like Spock having a conversation with these beeps. And like I can kind I can get I can kind of see where where Captain Pike is like, having a conversation back and forth with them, you know. So he, so he's kind of talking, letting us know the storyline, and why he's doing what he's doing out loud. Because you got to think about yeah. it. He can't he can't say anything out loud about what's going on to anybody else because it's what's going on. So he's kind of like saying it out loud to a person who can't say anything to you, and it's going back and forth. I thought that was interesting with the whole beeping thing. That was kind of in, that different. I'm also intrigued right off the bat that. They're setting up the 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 plot of the story that hey Spock is about to break the rules. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. Like they set it up very early that we're going to get some uh, insane character development from Spock and get to see something that yeah, I didn't think we were going to get to see. Yeah, yeah, either did I. So uh, we get the show's opening. We come back and Kirk is still arguing with Jose about the message that was sent, and uh, Kirk's going through some records that don't show anything about a message. And at this point, I'm just like, okay, so like Spock was probably lying about the message then. Uh, so Kirk argues that the the record tapes must have been changed. And Jose points out that the only person that heard the message was Spock, who happens to have served under Pike, who is hospitalized. And Kirk just kind of argues that, you know, if Spock wanted to see uh, Pike, then he's like, he would have put in a request and I would have granted it immediately. So they take a second to calm down and, and Jose calls the record center to see if it's possible that a message could have been sent from there without them knowing it. And the, the attendant that answers is like, nope, that's impossible. Like, absolutely not. No way that could ever happen. So Jose says, all right, we'll check for the impossible. One thing, though, you got to you notice that is Kurt's complete trust in Spock. Like, he, yeah. he, he, said, he said there was a message. There was a damn message, bro. I don't care what you say. He says it. Oh, he made a mistake. No, no, he don't make mistakes. Like he definitely sent the me- like he definitely got a message. He would not, he would have never told me he didn't get a message if he didn't get one. You know, that's part of that whole dynamic of their relationship right there. hundred percent complete trust. Yeah, I wonder if that's like, uh, like you said, like he's just really trusting of Spock and like believes that he wouldn't do anything like that, or like if he knows that if he believed that, then it would be kind of like letting himself down, like that his friend is like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's like more about like- I think it's more about his complete trust in Spock, like. He said there had to be a message. Somebody must have snuck and sent a message to him. Spock would not say there was a message if there wasn't one. Yeah. Well, later on, they allude. I don't. I think it was McCoy basically saying that, "Hey, Spock can't lie. That's not part of his race." So it was taking that in fact in, into factor for Kirk. He like Spock wouldn't lie to me about this. Um. Before we do get to that point, though, do you think that? I mean, if it was logical, they could lie, right? If that was like the logical solution to something. I know mm-hmm. we just discussed this with the last episode with uh, the the bluff about uh, the Corbomite maneuver and everything. Yeah. And how like Spock probably wouldn't have been able to do that. But do you think if that was the logical choice and they wouldn't have an issue? Because it's not I, like I they physically yeah. can't. I, I don't think you would. I, I think you would. I think logic. I, I think he can lie. This logically lying doesn't make sense until it makes sense probably. Yeah. He, he, he has... So you're saying like he can only lie if it's a will end up being a logical result yeah. of what the angle no, no, is. No, 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 no. I'm saying what I'm saying is logically him lying. What I'm trying to say is him lying to because it was a logical thing to do, not because it leads to something else. I'm saying sometimes if you tell somebody the truth, it's not going to. It's it, oh my god I can't explain it right because I get it, it doesn't so, it doesn't help yeah it doesn't help like the the better outcome is like it's like a white like a little white lie yeah like you just it's it's not like a big thing but it 
it gives you the the best result. Yeah, like like I said, I, I know he can lie. He just I don't know. I just don't think he does. Yeah, well, we find out in this episode he's a lying ass motherfucker. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, so we we go to the records room and the attendant leaves his desk just to go do something. I don't know, like grab a Snickers or something. And uh, Spock sneaks into the room and just Vulcan nerve pinches him. Does it, well, he does it to a different tech, not to that one specifically. Uh, then he goes to a computer and he just starts like messing with stuff. But like when he snuck into this room, so like he goes in and there's like this red chain link fence, right? And on the other side of the fence, like facing his direction is a, a tech like working on a machine. So this machine is facing like towards Spock. The only thing that's between them is like a machine. And then next to the machine is a chain link fence that Spock sneaks by. Does this dude have like negative peripheral vision that he didn't see Spock <laughs> like three feet from him just on the other side of like this little fence? Like how the hell did he not see that? Not only that, did Spock really have to sneak in like, the guy would have probably just assumed, like, hey, you're on a military base. You're probably welcome in this room. Yeah, yeah and he does, like, like this cartoon, like, Scooby-Doo bad guy skulking <laughs> with, like, his hands. Like, he's just, like, slightly crouched <laughs> like, out with, like, his like, hands like, up. Like you're, like you're tiptoeing, like. like yeah. yeah. Like he walked in, yeah. like, oh, hey, Spock, what's going on here? Like, oh, that, and then, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but I wonder if that tech, like, used to be a security guard that trained at the same place the Enterprise security guards trained at, but then, like, somehow he got moved into this room because, like, he just didn't notice shit. Like, dude, okay, maybe you're hyper-focused and your peripheral vision does not see this guy that's just literally a few feet from you. But, like, I would... I feel like I would sense... I would be like, wait a minute, something doesn't feel right here. Like, somebody's doing something. Well, that's the thing of the term of the the elephant in the room where a guy had some... Like, somebody a midget dancing, juggling or whatever, and nobody noticed that elephant walked into the room and was sitting right behind him. Like, yeah. That, like that term. So maybe he was just so f- over-focused on something that he just didn't notice. I mean, I, I've happened to me before. So I, I get it. I just, you know, just a little... Well, yeah, it just it looked weird. Well, you know when your commander tells you to find the impossible, which how the hell do you do that when you've already ruled everything out? Like, hey, I've... Look at everything that's impossible. Yeah. Oh, shit, I better get on that. Maybe he's just, like, super pissed about that. He's, like, muttering to himself. He's like, you need to find the impossible. Find my transfer papers, you piece of shit. <laughs> it's just like he's just he, going to call back. He's going to call back, like, oh, I think it was a ghost. Yeah. It was, the only it thing ghost. I can come up with. <laughs> Had to be ghosts. So, uh, in another meeting room, Jose introduces Miss Piper to Kirk. And uh, she's the one that greeted them when they first transported onto the planet. And she says that she recognizes Kirk immediately because of their mutual friend, Helen, that described him. And I'm like, oh, Helen's a lady from the Christmas party. Okay, so there's a little bit of gossip from a few episodes ago. Oh, was that the callback? Yeah. Was, uh, was that? Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, Helen was the doctor from uh, Dagger of the Mind that went down on the planet with him. The the lady that was like, well, yeah, you remember the whole Christmas party thing. And like she was implanting yeah. her whole romance novel into his head. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that totally went over my head. I did not catch that reference. I knew the reference. I just couldn't figure out exactly what chick they were talking about. I knew it was some chick, though. I knew yeah, and that's why Kirk have... gets, like, super embarrassed that when he she mentions his, uh, mentions Helen and uh, Miss Piper's like, oh, you know, don't don't worry. She only mentioned that she, she knows him. I'm like, yeah, right, dude. She probably read Piper that whole last romance novel that she wrote about her and Kirk. Like, she probably sent her a <laughs> oh, copy sure. of it. So, yeah, it was a good callback, at least. Like, it's cool they're doing that. Did she tell her the part where she tried to change his memories to where he swept her off her feet and right? took her back to her room. Yeah, no, she probably left that part out. So Piper tells Jose that their investigation has turned up very little 
And she mentions uh, Spock's service with Pike and says that he has extreme loyalty to Pike. And he does. It's really weird, like, how loyal he is to a guy that's not his captain anymore. But I guess they did serve together for 11 years, so. Kirk uh, says that a Vulcan can no sooner be disloyal than he can exist without breathing. And that that goes for his current commander as well as his past. But, like, they're showing that Spock kind of has a preference here and it definitely ain't for Kirk. Are you saying he has a type? Uh, he he loves captains. We know that much. <laughs> he loves a man in power. <laughs> He's like Pike is the only one that could beat me in chess. Uh, did, wait, did uh, did Kirk beat him when they were playing when uh, I, Charlie first showed up? Because remember, I don't believe so. I think I think Spock won that. If I because I, I remember right. him complaining about Kirk playing it logically, but I don't remember they finished the game. I remember in the middle of the game, uh, they something happened in the middle of the game. I don't think he got a fan. Yeah, like Charlie showed up. Yeah. Huh. Damn Charlie. We always come back to Charlie. That kid ruins everything. So uh, Piper and Jose tell Kirk that they have to consider every possibility and that, you know, Pike can't have sent that message because he can barely move in his wheelchair. And that all he can say is yes or no with his little flashlight. And that's about it. They didn't, they didn't say that. But that would have been really disrespectful. Like, yeah, he can only talk with his little flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> uh so Jose explains that uh, Pike's mind is still good, uh, but his body's just basically useless and that his heart is driven by a battery, which was a, a really like uh, detailed what a sad thing to say. existence at that right? point. Yeah, how do they not have the medical technology to fix this man? Like We've seen them do some stuff. You can literally teleport you, like rip you apart atom by atom and put you back together. Right. But and then this, once, and then once again, like, fix this. Kirk screwed this whole thing up when he killed the guy that was making android bodies. They could have given Pike a nice new android body, and Kirk screwed that up. Oh man, well, that's I'm a just, fair point. I just, I'm just curious about how much of his body is left at this moment. Yeah, yeah. If he's like, like a Robocop like, in there. Yeah, like is he robot? Is it just the top half? Is it the? Is it? I don't know. Like I just, I know it looks really weird. I just, I'm wondering if it's a top half, is if it's the bottom half, or does he have any any body bottom part? Is it just? From the from the waist up, yeah. Do, do you think he wants to ask him and like, hey, do you want to die? Like, yeah, they you, just you, avoid that. This would be yeah. like you're pretty much a vegetable that can only answer yes or no questions. Yeah, like, would you like to stop existing in hell? Yeah, can you eat? <laughs> we we can know. put you out of our misery. You can go peacefully. Yeah. Um, the other thing I like is that in the future, wheelchairs uh, evolve to become very cumbersome and. Like just take up a shit ton of space. <laughs> I feel I feel like they they might like sure he can probably use that thing you know or he can move it on his own but I mean we have chairs that allow you to do that now and they're not as big as a family sedan so the twist is it's kind of like a battle tank uh in case yeah. something goes down he's like hey I yeah, yeah he does have, have like the military model in this. yeah it's like one beep yes two beep no three beeps is like ready the missiles and just like it just starts loading. <laughs> Like, you think I'm harmless, but I'm not. Yeah. So uh, back in the records room, uh, Spock is still messing with a machine that he was working on. And he uh, inserts like this little disc thing that fabricates a call from Starbase to the Enterprise. And on the Enterprise, uh, Uhuru answers the call and she gets some uh, fake orders from Spock, who says that uh, the orders are top secret and they are to be fed directly into the computer and scrambled. So the attendant, the first attendant in the records room uh, comes back and he catches Spock and they get into this like really weird uh, shoving match 
and uh, they they get like just this really small fight, and Spock ends up knocking him out uh, with a the pinch thing, and continues to work. But man, Spock just like ate like two or three punches during that, and just didn't give a shit. Is he just like super overpowered? Well, he ate two, uh, I, he ate a few punches, and then I mean to toss him and throw him. I just I thought that fight was terrible. Like, yeah, uh, oh yeah, the choreography was terrible. The concept of it was terrible. But for the first time, like, I just don't get it. Like, it was a terrible fight. Like even yeah. uh, even even the way it was choreographed, the way it fought, the way it went down, it just it was stupid. Yeah, it was it was something all right. But uh he goes back to his machine and he puts in a, a disc of what sounds like a recording of Captain Kirk and uh to it gives uh, Uhura the confirmation that she needs to continue on with the orders and the communications officer on the ship Asks uh, like the fake Kirk how he can know where they're going and if if the destination's been scrambled and Spock switches to another disc because apparently he has like every answer that Kirk could ever give on these little discs. And uh, hey, he thought it. ahead. Yeah, he thought like way ahead. Like if if the dude would have been like, by the way, Kirk, like what are you gonna have for dinner tonight? And, like he just switches out and puts a different one in. And he's like, I'm having steak. <laughs> but my human will probably bring me lettuce. Yeah, yeah, but uh. The uh, recording from Kirk says that he says that Spock is there and that he's going to handle everything. So not to worry about it. And it even does the Kirk out and hang up. And that's how <laughs> that's why they think it's Kirk. Like Spock got that part right. If he would have said goodbye, they'd be like, all right, this is a red flag. Yep, Immediate suspicion. I like that. That's a theme that we just keep. It's just it's Kirk, just Kirk out and then hangs up. Yeah, I didn't know that you guys brought it up, so. Uh, so Spock then calls the Enterprise and tells them that the ship's computers are going to handle the helm and the course is going to be set automatically and uh, tells them not to discuss this with the ship's crew or starbase personnel and uh, that they are to stand by to warp out of orbit in one hour. Uh, and, and then I assume he leaves the room, but like the guys that he knocked out have to wake up eventually within that hour, right? And do you think they're just going to go on their day and be like, that was a thing? Or are they going to just go report what happened? I would imagine they would go re- like report like uh hey uh we just got beat up uh the vulcan did it yeah that's one of those things that always annoys me in movies is like people get knocked out for an unreasonable amount of time you have three days how long have you been down you've been out for three days oh okay like oh shit and then they just go right back to what they were doing there's like npcs in a game (laughs) like how do i get on the floor i don't remember falling asleep so uh kirk is watching pike on a little screen and pike is just repeatedly blinking no just over and over that's got to be really frustrating from his uh, point of view. But uh, McCoy talks about how they've learned to tie into every human organ except for the brain and that Pike can think every thought that they can, but he just can't reach out and nobody can reach in. And Kirk points out that Pike is still blinking no, and he starts to wonder if it has anything to do with Spock. And he says that either someone sent them a message or that Spock lied about getting a message. So he started to actually uh, suspect Spock here. And so McCoy actually argues, like Dan, you said earlier that Spock is a Vulcan, that he's incapable of telling a lie. And Kirk points out that he's also half human. So, you know, his human half could lie. Bone says that Spock's human half is like completely submerged and that, you know, if he was to be caught acting or even thinking like a human, it would be extremely embarrassing for him. So Kirk just like kind of loses it here, weirdly, saying that he's going to find out who's been interfering with his command and, and with his ship. So then they go on to like argue a little bit more and uh, McCoy gets paged to the Enterprise for a medical emergency. But before he leaves, Bones kind of like casually tells Kirk 
uh, that he's going to let him know what's going on. He's like, they, they get in this heated argument and he gets called away and then he's like, I'll let you know what's going on, which is like, it's stupid, but I really like that about their relationship that like they're yelling at each other one second and then like back to being professional and friends again. But I have to wonder if like eventually something's going to come along that's like so big that they can't get over it. Like that's what I want to see. Yeah. Right. Uh, as of right now, there's been really no hard feelings uh, while having discussion. I'll put it that way. Yeah. They they have like this really heated discussion, but it, uh, like they they argue, like they just straight up argue, but it never gets personal. And like so they they're just immediately able to move past it. And I'm like, damn, that's like that's a really good friendship. Not only that, but I think it'd be unwise of Kirk to hold a grudge against, you know, the people he relies on for uh, information and, you know, what they're currently thinking to make his decision. Because I'm assuming he probably factors that all in. Oh, uh, yeah. You especially don't want to hold a, a grudge against your chief medical officer. <laughs> like, like, especially you, you when he's the only one that gets you drunk. Yeah. Like, don't mess with people that handle your food. Don't mess with people that mess with your body. <laughs> so... Uh, later on, Jose and Piper and Kirk are all in Jose's office, and Kirk has a top-secret report about Talos Four in front of him, which is the the planet that they went to in the pilot episode. Uh, Jose gives Kirk the clearance to read the report and asks him what he knows about the planet, and Kirk is like, well, you know, I know that General Order 7 says that no vessel under any condition, emergency or otherwise, is to visit Talos Four, and Jose says that violating that is actually the only death penalty that they still have left on the books, and only Fleet Command knows why. And that, that seems really, like, just dramatic. They, they, they can't just be like, hey, don't ever go to this planet, because it's really bad. They're like, no, if you go to this planet, we'll kill you. Yeah, no kidding. Like, well, Isn't that just going to draw people towards it? Well, once you tell someone they can't do something, like, like, oh, hey, I want to do that. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember why what happened on the pilot episode exactly at the beginning to emphasize it being a no-go planet, though. Well, I don't think they addressed that in the pilot episode. They, I think they just went there. So I think what, what I, I think whatever happened afterwards, they're like, oh, hey, that planet's off limits, which is kind of kind of weird. Yeah. Well, I know that happened with the the God thing or whatever. I just don't know why we're not going there at all. Like I, I get the, we met, when we met the aliens in the pilot, I get that, but I just understand why they would make it a no go planet. Like I just, it didn't yeah, make that's what I'm curious about as well. Yeah. Like it, it's not like anything terrible happened there. They essentially left that, the, the lotions there to, to die out. So like, what would be so bad about going back now? Like nothing was really truly hostile there. Yeah. And if like the Federation already made contact, and kind of worked everything out, you know, there should be an understanding on both sides. So I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe something happens afterwards or like after they I, left. I think it's smart that um, they got a call back to the pilot, the original pilot that was kind of smart of them. And though we, we've seen it already. So we know. So we, we watched the actual original pilot. I think it's smart right. that they used the original pilot in this to be like, oh, yeah, that was a past. And here's why, you know. Yeah, that's one of the things that makes me wish that we hadn't started with the pilot, even though it was like the yeah, logical yeah, so, place to go. Yeah, because like this whole episode is a lot of the pilot. Like, oh, ninety percent of this episode, we're about to get when we get to this one part. It's like all stuff I've seen before. Right, but uh, Jose unseals the record, and Kirk starts to read through it. Uh, reads that the Enterprise is the only Earth ship to have ever visited the planet, which is not. True, True because, because the the whole reason they went there was because of the uh, distress signal from the crashed ship. Uh, but the record also mentions that Spock and Pike recommended that no human should ever visit again. So I guess that's why uh, I, nobody's I allowed to go. Signal, I thought the signal from the ship was faked to lure more people there. Well, like, like, there was the actual crash, visited, though, because that's... 
Well, visit that was how Vina got there. The kind of it, it, it crashed there though. They didn't really visit. Like no, so you're right. maybe, it did. Uh, because remember, Vina was there and she was part of the crash and she was horribly disfigured. But like yeah, none but, of the other people survived, yeah, and then I'm, they made I'm the saying, illusion. Yeah, but I'm saying a crash is not a visit. That's what I'm saying. He said the only ship that visited there, the Pike ship came, visited, and then left. The other ship oh. crashed. <laughs> it depends so, on what so, you're defining it. Like well, they were vacationing yeah, there, but they were still well, there. They were there, yeah, but it wasn't really a visit though. So like I don't really maybe that's the reason. I, I don't know. I just all right, all right. I'm just, uh-huh. just going to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have but, a mission there, but they were they were there. Mm-hmm. Although, I guess if you really want to get technical, are you really visiting if you never leave? Th- that's oh that. That's, see, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, see, there you go. That's what I'm looking <laughs> but now for. We're, now we're just getting too technical. Yeah. Uh, it's only logical. So, like, so this whole time, uh, Piper was white, watching Pike on a monitor just sitting there uh, beeping. And then, like, she gets her attention drawn away for a second. And then she turns back and he's gone. She's like, he's gone. Like, like lady, how did you lose this guy? Like, of all the people you had to watch, like, this dude, you lost. Well, not, not only that, she turned away for a second. Like, how how... Would they have known, or how would he have known to disappear in that brief moment? Yeah. Did he, like, turn that thing on to, like, warp two and just scoot it out of there? He had it. He got transported. That's what I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I, that could but be. But how, how, how would they know that she wasn't looking at that exact moment? That That's my issue with his it was, disappearance. It was, it was coincidence. You know, just coincidence. They yeah. just snatched him out. And- yeah, because. Oh, oh, oh. All right. I, I guess I'll accept that as a coincidence. Yeah, the next thing that happens is they get a call. Um, saying that the Enterprise is warping out of orbit and refusing to respond to their signal. So, yeah, it may have been coincidence. They probably did just beam him up right there, and she happened yeah. to be looking away. Like we, we can, I think we can chalk that one up to coincidence. Um, then we go to a commercial, and uh, I had a note just like at this point, I'm really digging this episode. Uh, they they put the pilot stuff to good use, which is uh, you know, something that they you wouldn't have seen. Like the pilot hadn't aired at this time, so this would have been all new to people. Uh, so like you know their introduction to Pike. Well, a lot of shows wouldn't even acknowledge a pilot if they were to change everything like that. They would want to right. stay away from that. Yeah, and like we're getting a good glimpse of uh, the Federation, like beyond the Enterprise, and some good character development for Spock. But this this whole one was a little dialogue heavy for me. Um, but we are back on the Enterprise, and Spock is in command. Woo! And Uhura says that someone's trying to hail them, and he's like, "Nah, just ignore them." So he goes and sits in the captain's chair and he talks to the entire crew over the PA system and says that they uh, he's been placed in command temporarily and that their destination is a secret, but their objective is relatively simple. And he didn't say what their objective is, but he says that Kirk has been assigned to medical rest leave until they return and that Kirk's instructions were to obey uh, Spock's orders as they would Kirk's. You know, at least Spock gets on the intercom and tells people like, hey, uh, we're doing this thing. I'm not going to tell you what we're doing, but... Yeah, uh, but we're doing something. We're doing something here. You might feel us take off. Yeah. So then McCoy enters the bridge and starts asking Spock a bunch of questions about, you know, what's going on and and why he was summoned back to the ship when there's nobody with an injury. And uh, Spock asks McCoy to follow him. He's like, hey, come over here. I'll explain everything to you. And they leave the bridge and uh, Spock leads McCoy into a room where Pike is just hanging out. So Pike's just still like going crazy with two beeps, just two beeps all over the place. And uh, Spock plays a, a a message, like a fake message from Kirk that tells McCoy not to ask Pike any questions and follow Spike's instructions. So he's like, hey, don't talk to that guy and listen to this guy. 
Which, like, again, he's just, he's got every tape. He's just, he's really well prepared. He's he, logical. He prepared for everything. Oh, no, I, I agree. But I guess when you're about to commit a mutiny that you want to cover all bases. Yeah, I also think it's funny. He's just, like, walking around. Like, where's he getting these tapes? He just has them in, like, a fanny pack somewhere that we don't see. <laughs> just, just walking around with a ton of tapes. Uh, video game logic. Where do you hide all those weapons? I don't know. Yeah, just somewhere. You don't want to know where I'm pulling these out of. <laughs> They're behind his ears. He's a magician. <laughs> uh, but on the bridge, uh, Spock comes back in and uh, Helmsman named Hansen tells him that they're being followed by an object that's about the size of a Starbase shuttlecraft. And he suggests that they slow down to let the craft reach them. And, and Spock tells them not to take any action or make any compact or contact. And uh, just kind of like a side note, uh, I'm getting ready to build some models from uh, Star Trek and I want a model of this little shuttlecraft. Like, I don't know why it's just a very simple looking thing, but uh, I really like the design of it. And, and oh, you nerd. Get out of here. Build models. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I haven't Trek. started yet. Okay. He's a Star Trek nerd, man. These guys play I, Star I, Trek, I never man. thought it was going to get to this point. Oh, these guys, man. These Star Listen, Trek guys, man. I have two Star Trek sh- uh, stickers and a shirt. <laughs> and no. a bunch of models that need to be built. I'm, I'm going. I'm oh, going you bought all a shirt. Uh, actually, my wife bought it for me. She was, she's like, "Oh, you like this ship, right?" And it was like the original Enterprise. And I'm like, "Well, hell yeah, I love that ship. It's an. Ama- I don't know why. Like, I, something about that ship is just amazing to me. Like, it's simple. It's sleek. It's so classic it, looking. It is. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I have like four models of it to build of like different variations. <laughs> my my model collection just keeps growing. Um. Anyway, so back in the uh, in the little shuttlecraft, uh, Kirk and Jose are trying to call the Enterprise, and they're not getting an answer. And Kirk says that Spock is headed for Talos Four, uh, but Jose is like, "Look, we don't have the fuel to follow them there." Um, and then back on the Enterprise, Spock is using the computer to confirm that the craft that's following them is the uh, shuttlecraft, and the computer tells him that the craft is already past the point of safe return on fuel. And Spock had that look on his face like crap. Yeah, he's. He's like, I really want to betray him, but not like this. Like, I don't want him to die. Yeah. Uh, but back on the little shuttlecraft, they have run out of fuel, and they just start to kind of coast along in space. And then Kirk says that they only have two hours of oxygen left, so it just keeps getting better for them. Like, why wouldn't he have turned around? He, like, there's no way he would have known that uh, that he couldn't have known that, that Spock wasn't going to stop, right? Like, just turn around, well, get no, a better ship. I guess he kind of that, but Ka- that he was Kirk is pretty calm about. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, ahead, Kirk man. is pretty calm about ha- having only two hours of air left. Like, oh, we got two hours, then we'll die. No yeah, biggie. he's like, you want to know what happens in two hours? We die. No problem. I've been in this situation before. Yeah, I just assumed that uh, he knew that if his life was in danger, that Spock would save him. See, and that's what I thought, too. But then on the other side of that, like, Spock is doing stuff he never did before. So I would be worried that he really has passed a point where he's just not going to come back. Yeah, but everything he's did hasn't killed anybody, though. Right. If you think about it, he, even when he di- uh, disabled the people who, doing the radio stuff, he hasn't killed anybody. He's just, you know, incapacitated them. And I, maybe at this point, uh, Kirk is like, oh, Spock must have a good reason for what he's doing. Yeah, he's like, still, maybe giving, still friends maybe with him. Maybe giving him, him the benefit of the doubt somewhat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, Kirk says that part of him hopes that the Enterprise doesn't come and get him because if they get on board, Spock is going to be court-martialed. And Jose's like, no, he's going to be dead if he gets to Talos Four, And uh, he wants to know why Spock would want to get Pike there if the report says that the planet contains no benefits to mankind 
And Kirk just argues that, you know, Spock's got to have a logical reason to do what he's doing. And Jose, Jose's like, well, maybe he's just gone crazy. You know, I, I, I was just thinking, I was trying to figure out why Spock was taking Pike there. If I remember right, didn't the aliens there have some kind of, like, manipulation where you could take, like, a uh, uh, disfigured person and make them look normal? See, that's exactly the conclusion that I came to, or not the conclusion, but like the guess that I have is that maybe Spock is taking him there to let him live out the rest of his life in an illusion that, you know, everything's fine. I don't know. I just, I personally, I have no idea what's going on. Honestly, I, I, I can speculate and get, get a bunch of games. I was just confused because I couldn't remember exactly what the pilot was about until I remembered the alien head with the goofy alien head dudes. And I thought, oh, okay, I remember when it's about it's the mind thing. So like, I just didn't, I wasn't sure if maybe there was a hidden mission or something that happened the, uh, when they forgot, first got there or something or what. I just, I was 100% confused, honestly. Uh, the other thing I thought about was like when Jose said that, he's like, well, maybe Spock's just gone crazy. Like I would like to see crazy Spock where he always uses his logic to kind of like come to the wrong conclusion, but it's a logical mm -hmm. conclusion. So he's just like, you know, he's just like walking around and somebody's like, man, I am really hungry. And then like Spock's logic is like, well, you'll, you'll never be hungry if you're dead and just kills him. Like I want that Spock. <laughs> like, I want him just come to the, the wrong conclusion, but it's logical. So it's just like whooping ass for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I don't think we're going to get that though. That That would be like tyrant Spock. Yeah, that'd be amazing though. Just say, I, I think most of the time he would just kill everybody. Like, my toe hurts. Won't hurt if you're dead. Oh, they need to make a bad guy Vulcan like that at some point, if they haven't already done that. Yeah. Um. So back on the Enterprise, uh, McCoy is, is still questioning Spock about the, the craft, and he asks if it's Kirk. And Spock goes to the computer and gives us some orders, and the Enterprise then comes to a stop. And he orders an armed security team to the bridge and tells the transporter room to prepare to beam Kirk aboard. Uh, he leaves Hanson in command and presents himself to McCoy for arrest and says, he's like, hey, you're the senior officer and I'm presenting myself to, you know, for arrest. What I really liked about this, though, is he tells uh, Hanson that he's in charge and Hanson's like, sir? Like, he has this, like, confused, worried as fuck look on him. Like, I don't know how to be in command. Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, he's just like, oh, God. But uh, Spock says that the charge against him is going to be mutiny. And that he never received orders to take command of the ship. So then the security team shows up and McCoy tells him to arrest Spock. And he's like, well, uh, is, is confining you to your quarters going to be enough? And Spock's like, yeah, that's adequate. I'm not going to make any trouble. And I listen yeah, it's I, funny. I, I, I was going to say, I had to laugh really hard at that. Like, oh, hey, you just committed a mutiny. Like, hey, go to your room. Yeah. And he's like, wait, like, go to your room. Is, is that enough? And he's like, yeah, that should do. <laughs> that will show me. But, like, it also leads me to question, like, okay, so Kirk is in command. Uh, Spock's the number two. Who is number three? Like, what is the chain? Like, what if, what if both of them were to be injured or or killed or something? Like, who is number it three seems, in command? It seems like in, like, past episodes when Kirk takes Spock down on the planet with him, he's always kind of choosing someone different to man the helm. Yeah. And in this case, Hanson's just like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. And then... Uh, McCoy is even like, well, I'm not sure what I need to do either. So I'm going to turn to Spock for this. He's like, I'm a doctor, not a, uh, not like a, what was that? Like a moon shuttle or some shit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a moon shuttle, shuttler. Um, 
So a little bit later on, uh, Kirk is in contact with the Enterprise, and uh, he's on the Enterprise, and he tells them to store his craft in their hangar deck and to beam he and Jose aboard. So there is a hangar. Dan, you talked about this like our third episode in, wondering why they didn't fly down to a planet. We're like, well, maybe they don't have like a hangar. No, they have a hangar. They just don't want to use it. Yeah. I, I never noticed it before. I never noticed it not being there before. Well, I mean, one of the episodes we were curious about why they beam everywhere and not like just fly down to a planet. And we had we were wondering, like, well, maybe they just don't have that capability. Like, maybe they don't have a hangar on board. But no, they definitely do. But uh, Scotty beams Kirk and Jose aboard and then Hanson immediately is just like, OK, you're in command now. He's like, thank God I'm done. I'm done with that. I don't want the responsibility. Yeah, dude, he didn't want that like at all. Which. That might be a guy you want to trust. Someone who doesn't want the responsibility and power. Yeah. He, at least you know he's not going to be like a tyrant. Right. But uh, Uhura calls to tell them that the engines are coming on and, and Kirk orders them to reverse the engines. And Hanson just is like, hey, we can't do that. The computers are running the ship now. So Kirk uh, tells Uhura to disengage engage the computers, but she can't do that. And uh, he actually just talks to the computer itself and he's like, hey, disengage the helm. And the computer refuses and says that any attempt to disengage will disable the ship's life support system. So we get to another commercial here and we come back to a captain's log explaining the current events and adding that they've been forced by protocol to begin a preliminary hearing against Spock. So they're just going to do this on the ship, which is, is pretty cool. Which like this, these ships are huge. So I wonder if they have like their uh, their judge deck, like they have beach deck. And they have like the you know their mess hall and like bowling deck. deck. Yeah, and then court martial deck. I mean, it looks like it because the room is either they they had an empty room and they lined everything up for the court martial, or they just have have a room because everything looks like it's almost like a courtroom. Because you see, yeah. they got the three people up front, the three the three uh, judges. Well, actually, you got the two judges at first because Pike isn't there. You got the two judges and the court, like uh, the ladies had the court reporter. Then they ask Kurt, does he want counsel? He waves his counsel. You know, so it's almost like a trial. Yeah. And also I noticed that those are like some 60s-ass tables, too. I don't know how I was looking at those, but I was like, dude, those are like the most 60s tables I've ever seen. But do you think that, uh, do you think they have empty rooms on the Enterprise? Like they just built too many rooms and they don't all get used? Oh, I would imagine so. I'm assuming that she was huge. It's like a bunch of wasted space on there. But they begin the hearing and Spock immediately waves counsel, so he doesn't want a lawyer. And he waves his right to the hearing and requests instead to be immediately court-martialed. And Kirk just says no, he's not going to do that. So Spock wants to know why, and Kirk tells him that the charge of mut- uh, mutiny requires the presence of three command officers, and they only have two. And Spock says that there are three, uh, that Pike is still a commanding officer. And Kirk's like, no, he's he's an invalid. <laughs> it's like, damn, dude, <laughs> he can still say yes and no. Uh, but Spock is, says that, you know, Pike is still on the active duty list, and Jose says, yeah, he still is. They, we didn't have the heart to retire him. Uh, Which that means Pike is still getting paid, technically. Yeah, like maybe his uh, health insurance is tied to his employment uh, because they still use a garbage-ass system. So <laughs> That's why he can't get fixed, his insurance. Yeah, well, they, they they didn't have the heart to let him, like, to retire him so he could keep his insurance and, and still get all the medical care that he needs. But Jose admits that, you know, whatever Spock is up to, he's he's planned it really well. And it's, it's like, no shit. Like, it's Spock. Like, pretty much, I assume every Vulcan's like that. Like, they have to be absolutely impossible to deal with on the, the littlest things. Just like every little situation, I'm sure they make it annoying. Are you saying that Vulcans are probably super anal? 
I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know about anal, but like there's just all that logic, everything. Like I'm, I think personally, I do a lot of things that are not logical uh, because you know I'm driven by emotions, and I think being friends with one would just get on my nerves. Until eventually, the most logical thing to do is stop being friends with them. Hmm. So we skip ahead a little bit, and there's a captain's log says they've convened the court martial, and that Spock has again waived his counsel, and he's actually pleaded guilty to uh, mutiny. And uh, Paul, I'm sure you noticed this, but Kirk and Jose have some fancy uh, court martial uniforms on. I about to say, you give, I was giving you a second to go, before I said something. Dude, <laughs> these 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 outfits, bro, I actually like them. Like they're they're so like they're so similar to everything else, but different at the same time. It looks very formal. It's the first time we've seen these outfits. I I don't know what any of these these triangle means at all. I don't I don't understand it because like everybody's just different. Yeah. Like like her has a meadow on his. Um, uh, Spock has a little dot on his. They're all all cool. My only question is, how come a uh, Mister uh, Captain Pike don't have one on? That's my question. Yeah, well, yeah. What a lazy bastard. <laughs> yeah, like why, why, why did they? Why did they, they put one on him? You know, like oh, let me open you up. Let me put the outfit on him. Wouldn't even get dressed for a hearing. Yeah. yeah, he could have gussied up his wheelchair a little. That's what I'm saying. Like paint a racing stripe on it, something. Put some spinners on his uh, <laughs> yeah, wheelchair. A little gold trim. <laughs> he needs some gold trim too. Yeah. Uh, but they do begin the trial and Jose asks Spock, uh, if he's aware that the death penalty applies because of the Talos four involvement. And he's just like, yeah, I'm aware. And so Jose asks him what he's doing and why he's taking Pike there. Um, Spock then requests that they turn on a monitor so that he can explain what's going on. So they turn on a screen and Spock shows them a video of the enterprise and, uh, Pike from 13 years ago. So we know that like the, uh, pilot took place 13 years before this. So it's a really nice uh, frame of reference. Kirk asks uh, Pike if that's really him on the screen and, and Pike be- beeps once, which means yes, that's really him. So Kirk says that it's impossible because no record makes tapes that are as detailed as what they're seeing. And, and Spock, uh, he asks Spock what they're watching and, and he's like, well, I can't say at this time. Uh, but Jose asks Pike if any tapes of this sort were made during their voyage. And, and Pike says no, you know, through his beeps. And then Jose tells Spock that the court doesn't have to view records without knowing its source. And Spock's like, well, you, you wanted me to explain it. Like, that's what I'm doing. Uh, but Jose just says that the, the evidence is out of order and Kirk is like contesting it and saying that he wants to see some more. So Jose's like, well, you know, you just, you want to do this because you're friends with Spock and he's your first officer. And Kirk argues, he's like, it's got nothing to do with that. But I mean, like, why wouldn't you want to see that? Like what's going on just out of like curiosity sake. Curio- like, why yeah. are you against that? Yep. I agree. Uh, so they go back to the screen and it basically, it just runs over like the first part of the pilot episode, the cage. And we're, we're not going to run through that scene for scene because we've done that before. And if anybody wants to hear that, they can go and check out our very first episode of the podcast. I do want to point out though, during the so-called flashback, how does Spock know the point or the parts that he wasn't there for? Like the aliens watching them on their TV. Well, uh, okay. So we're going to get to that. Like, I want to answer that at this point, but we will get a, uh, an explanation for, for that here in a second. Um, but the one thing I did want to point out is that, you know, this, all of this footage would have been brand new to anybody that watched this during the original run. So like we get, you know, I, like I literally just skipped through this stuff because I've seen it. I was not going to make notes for it. Like we're not going to go through it again. Yeah. Uh, but anybody else would have been like, Oh wow, this is like some really interesting stuff. Cause like, 
uh, Spock looked a little bit different. It's like a whole different crew. And yeah, I was about to say, did you notice Spock's eyebrows were more upward and bushy? Yeah, he was feeling a lot more uh, expressive that day. Apparently, well, a lot <laughs> like of I the, forgot um, to trim my eyebrows. A lot of the uh, stuff I'm looking back and noticing now, I'm like, oh, I I forgot how less colorful it was and how less i remember mentioning that before about the pilot whatever i look back and i was like wow like it, it reminded me how much this this show has grown yeah if anything it does serve as a really good reminder of like the improvements that they've made over the the short yeah, time for, they've for been us running. because you watch the pilot for other people it's like it may be they'll might fit as are watching it but for us watching the pilot already we haven't seen it so it's like you know do you think that for people that were seeing this for the first time like that footage looked like it could have been from 13 years ago, like just because it looked a little more dated than what they were currently airing. Maybe. Yeah. But, uh, so Jose asks, uh, or says that Spock is manufacturing everything that they're seeing on the screen. And Spock asks Pike if everything that they're seeing is how it happened. And he responds by beeping once for yes. So Spock says that, uh, after seeing what happened, if you know, Hey, if they want to turn the ship back, he can release manual control and Jose gets pissed and he's like, hey, you're in no condition to be bargaining here. And he t- he says he's heard enough and like he's done with this. And Kirk says that he votes to continue since he hasn't heard the full the full story yet. And Jose votes the- to not continue. And he says, like, yeah, now we're deadlocked. And Kirk points out that uh, Pike needs to vote as well. So Jose asks Pike if he wants to continue and-, and he beeps once that he wants to. But like, again, how could you not want to continue this? Like, it's it's interesting stuff. Like you asked the dude to explain, like he's explaining and you're getting to see this, you know, footage of, of a classified uh, event that like nobody else is ever getting to see. And he's like, I'm, I'm sick of this shit. And he's just done. Well, what he's pissed off about is the way Spock is manipulating the system has nothing. To, he don't give a shit about what happened. I think I feel like I'd still be curious to see it through. I, yeah, but I think it's more about him. Like, oh, he 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 could a mutiny. That's the that's the ultimate that's like committing treason for us, you know. That's the ultimate betrayal. Yep. We you can't discuss why you committed treason. We don't give it. You, you you die. Like there's no, you don't get to. Oh, why did it for this reason? Nobody cares about your reasons. You committed treason. You're you're done. So I he, well yeah. I I I do agree, but you also deserve a fair trial if you're going to be put to death. Well, like, he, hey, he, at least the, give me the, a fair shot the, of explaining yeah, why I did nah, it. You you, you can't. I, I don't think treat treat. He don't care about all that. You don't care about all. Well, I, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I, I feel like you know well, he does. He well, he deserves his day in court it, to make sure you know this something was done yeah, wrong. But this is his day in court. It just the details don't matter to this the, to the other guy. He's like, look, there's nothing you can say to me to make you justify what you did. But there's like, there's a, there's two there's two other people that he's trying to change their mind. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's really trying to change Pike's mind, but yeah. he's trying to you know at least change Kirk's mind. Yeah, I get it. Um, but we do go to a commercial break and we come back to a captain's log that just kind of explains what happened in the trial so far. Uh, they really got out of the, uh, the pattern that they were in where the captain's log were giving, they used to give like a lot more information or like explain something that happened that you didn't get to see, but now they're mostly just explaining what already happened. So thankfully that means I have less typing to do when I do my notes. Um, but they go back to the screen and, and they watch a little more footage from the cage and I have just a couple of quick notes here. Uh, I have one that says their transporter took forever compared to like the the now ones. The like now, it yeah. took them just forever in the the footage to transport down onto to Talos Four. Um, I have a note that says "fuck those noisy plants" and one that just says "brain dudes" because that's what I called them the first time I saw them yeah, before we knew yeah, they were the, yeah, the yeah. Um 
But they're, the video ends uh, when Pike gets taken by the Telosians to their like underground prison and all the guys are, are shooting at the rocks. Uh, and Uhura interrupts the meeting with a message from Starfleet for Commodore uh, Mendez, who it's Jose, uh, saying that they've received uh, or that they are receiving a transmission from Talos 4, which is in violation of Starfleet general orders. So that's where that's coming from, Dan. Uh, the planet was actually broadcasting this uh, footage to the enterprise and that's against the law because that's them contacting or having contact with talos also the aliens made sure to point it put in their point of view of them watching yeah apparently they had really good security cameras even aboard the enterprise so i don't don't know like maybe it's like a mixture of enterprise records and then telosian stuff but i mean like i get it it's it's like they weren't gonna go back and like reshoot stuff from different angles and all that right a little confusing yeah um yeah, Spock says that the images that they've been seeing are being transmitted from Talos 4. And Uhuru goes on to say that uh, Kirk is being relieved of his command and that Jose is to assume command of the Enterprise and disable the vessel if necessary to prevent further contact with Talos 4. So, man, they just really don't want you uh, going to this planet or talking to them. Uh, so Jose just repeats that, you know, the penalty for contact with Talos 4 is death and that Spock has not only finished himself, but he's finished Kirk as well. And Spock goes to argue that, you know, he's like, hey, Kirk didn't know about any of this. It's all my plan. And Jose says that he argues that a captain is responsible for everything that happens on the ship. So it is his fault. And he orders uh, Spock to return the ship to manual control. But Spock says that he respectfully declines. So Jose's like, screw this. You know, court's in recess. I'm out of here. And he leaves and uh, has Pike escorted out. So it's just uh, Spock and, and Kirk and a couple of security guards in there and Kirk asks him if he knows what he's doing. You know, he's like, hey, like, are you like, what are you even doing here? Like, are you you, you sure what you're doing? And Spock is like, hey, uh, you know, just don't stop me. Don't let Jose stop me because I know what I'm doing. You know, we have to see the rest of that transmission. And so Kirk then orders the nearby guards to lock up Spock and they just take him away. But I think I feel like those guards should have been like, you ain't my boss. Like, you just heard it. You ain't in charge. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> like, who are you, guy? But uh, that's yeah, that's it. That's the end of the entire episode. They just they end with Kirk like kind of standing in the room, muttering to himself. Dan, what did you think about this? Uh, I actually really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm glad they're finally going to answer answer why Pike left the Enterprise because that's a that's kind of a, been a question that you know we've been thinking about this whole time. Like, hey, what was the reason why he he left? You know, like green animal women slaves. I mean. That was always my guess, and it's kind of showing that it affected him. But uh, yeah, I, I'm interested that they're closing this loophole or this, you know, loose thread on, you know, why Pike isn't the captain anymore. So I'm, I'm glad to see, or I'm interested to see how they wrap everything up. So I enjoyed the episode. Um, like I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on it. Like I, I, okay, so we get our first two parter. And it's with stuff that, you know, we've already dealt with, with just a little little bit added in there, which again, you know, uh, during the original run, you wouldn't have seen any of that footage up to this point. So that probably would have made it a lot more interesting then. Uh, Like I liked the, I liked the episode, but it was just kind of meh for me. Like I like like the mystery of it. I want to see, you know, obviously how it ends, but I don't think it's up there with uh, the best that we've seen. I don't think it's down there with Mud's Women. But uh, it, it ain't no dagger of the mind or Corbomite maneuver, and that's that's kind of where I am with that. I'm just kind of like, eh, well, like I'll see what happens. 
Uh, what about for you, Paul? Okay, I get to do me. This entire episode was a hundred percent trash. Okay, this is <laughs> after after watching the ten of ten episode, the carbonite movie. This is like a negative twenty, and the reason it's negative twenty, it's it's Brandon's fault, and I'll explain to you why. Because <laughs> when we first started watching this show, Brandon was like, "Hey guys, let's watch the original original pilot," and I was like, "Oh, what a grand idea! Let's do that." So we proceeded to watch it. Now we're in the middle of an episode where the original pilot is the entire episode almost. So I'm watching that episode. I'm like, oh, I've seen that before, bored. I've seen that before, bored. Oh, 10 minutes of this. Oh, yeah, I know that already. Bored. I mean, I think it, it kind of looked better this time. Like they, they, like they did a digital remaster, remaster, like level two. So, like, I think, I think it looked better. At the same time, I was like, yo, man, this episode is, I don't even know. Like, I just, I wish I would have watched the original pilot. Like, like, Listen. or I, no, I, I get, I, I, I just wish I went and watched it. Like, if I thought they were ever going to call back to it, and this time they call back to it, and I'm like, man, I just, I don't know. It, this, like, it, I, I feel like it's not really Brendan's fault as much as the next two episodes I feel for me are going to be a task, because all the good suspense I should get from not knowing what happened, I know already. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Since, since I know already, it's just I'm just like. Oh, because because Spock is like telling this story that I've already heard before, so it's kind of ruins this episode for me. Like I don't know if that really explains it right, but like, like I know. Oh all yeah, this. the things you shouldn't know, you already know. I already yeah. know. Yeah. So for this for this whole like the only thing I found interesting about this one is the what Spock's doing. I don't know why he's doing it, but I do. But it, but him explaining the whole story and the whole journey, I'm like, okay, I know it already. I watched the pilot. I'm not. I seen the pilot already. So that's my only issue. It just. I, I it kind of ruined it for myself by watching the pilot already because I didn't know they were, the pilot was going to be a callback ever in the show. Right. So like, yeah, I would I have know. imagined that they would do that because like nobody who does that like yeah, who no, uses nobody, an unaired yeah, pilot for that? Yeah, yeah, nobody exactly. Which is another thing they did. So like it's smart, but unfortunately, I watched the original already because you know Brandon said we should watch it. Just so everybody now listen, knows right now. Well, we I, had sorry. the discussion on whether or not to start with the pilot. And no, no, Netflix said to start with it. No, no, Brandon said Netflix. No, 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 Brandon said let's watch the pilot first. I thought, oh yeah, and now I'm regretting that moment. So now I got to say the two episodes now that I feel like 50% of them are going to be about the pilot. I mean, I'm good though. Like I, I feel, I hope, hope the next episode they. They go through it, it gets better or whatever. I just I know that this this two parter should have been more epic than what it is because I've seen the pilot already. I think there's gonna be a huge payoff in the second episode. That's Hopefully they do a little bit better of a, a job like skipping over the stuff that we've already seen from the pilot and get more of the to the meat of the episode. Yeah, but the thing is though, the, you need the pilot to justify these two episodes though. So like yeah. I feel like the pilot's gonna be weaved in there like more and more. It's just we already seen the pilot, so it kind of like oh man, like damn. Hey, if we get a good payoff, I'll be all right with it. If you think about what they showed, it was like not even a quarter of the the pilot. Pi- so like we exactly. still have to go through the yeah. the rest they, of they, it. They showed like the first ten minutes of the pilot because they, they they went through, they hit the they hit the place, they landed, they landed, and that was the end. They still haven't they still haven't showed everything else yet. They still haven't showed the pain and the the mind stuff and everything and the what, the choice between the women. I remember I remember all that. So like it's just like I said, I just it's one of those things where I'm like, oh man, it kind of sucks that I watched the pilot already. And listen, when we first started watching this, uh, mm. when we started on Netflix, the pilot was listed as number one, and we agreed to watch that damn thing. And then when we had <laughs> to move 
to Amazon, it was still number one. And then when we had to move to Paramount Plus, it's still the first one that they say you should watch on there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, it's all Brandon. Just so you know, it's definitely Brandon. <laughs> no, I, I think you're you're 100 right though. Like that, that's my issue with it as well. Like the 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 big thing we shouldn't know, we already know. So yeah, we already know. So kind of we're, we're just gonna kind of have to like crawl through the next one. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I I, I am interested to see the conclusion. I want to see what Spock's doing, but yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, I'm just gonna skip over the parts that I've already seen. Like I said, that saves me so much time in terms of like note taking and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of those things, but you know, overall, you know, the, the, the episode's dumpster fire, but I bet you got people out there you probably liked it if you didn't watch the pilot. But unfortunately, if you're, if you're hanging out with this whole time, you watched the pilot already. So yep. let's just, let's grit together. Let's push through these two, part one and part two, and hopefully it is a, it's a good payoff in the conclusion of this. Yeah. Thanks, Dan, for making us watch the pilot. Yeah, man. Oh, you blame me now, huh? I, I, <laughs> I see how you guys are. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that is going to be it. Uh, the next one we're going to watch is going to be Season 1, Episode 12, The Menagerie Part 2. And we hopefully get a conclusion to this. Uh, we're on Twitter at WWST underscore podcast. You can email us at uh, WWSTpod at gmail.com. Uh, find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and that does include YouTube. And again, you know, toss us a rating, leave us a comment, you know, uh, like, dislike in between. Uh, it's always good to know where we stand. Um, but that is going to be it for me this time. And I do want to say thank you to everybody that stuck with us for this. Sorry if we ruined this episode with the pilot. That was absolutely Dan's fault and definitely 100% not mine. And uh, well, that's all I, I got confused and saw it. I was watching Star Wars. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't the, do the my Star homework. Wars pilot. Okay. Yeah, yeah the Star Wars pilot. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, everybody take it easy. There you go. Later.